think we need more, maybe to get more listeners, a bit of controversy. Controversy? Yeah. So I was thinking about uh, poking fun at religion. Um, <laughs> so you know them Christians, eh? <laughs> They're vicious bastards, aren't they? <laughs> Is that is that is that it? Yeah. I'll do. I'll okay. Do. <laughs> right. This episode was called the Hitch. No. 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 With poison. Not the. We're there. Poison. Turn my page over. Right. And this is called poison. Uh, poison is well all the way through this. Your if. You, you can't avoid the fact that it's got something to do with poison, haven't you? Well, there is a clue in the title, you've yes. got to say. Which is good, because you know that uh, there's, there's edge, there's some tension here and stuff, and it's not... Like, there is one of those kind of, like, twisty, turny things that is kind of like there's a... Because it's about a snake that, ooh, it, they're all, like, shitting themselves, but it turns out that it's not a poisonous snake. But this one, we're told right from the off, there's a fucking poisonous snake out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, Dahl introduces the episode. Um, as usual, telling us a story which is not actually anything to do no. with the story that's going to follow. You could make a link in that there's an animal involved. <laughs> an animal of the, the proportions of a snake. Uh, he was working in East Africa at the time. And um, he looks out of the window... And he sees his gardener, and then... And behind the gardener is, it, is a six-foot-long black mamba. Now then, he calls his name, I don't know, Sabu or something like that. Look again. out behind you, a Look, snake. A snake, and then it was too late, and he died a couple of hours later. Then he... This is the brilliance of Roald Dahl. This story's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's about a crite, and then spells it out for us. In fact, we should do a little bit of the... Uh, do you know, I've got a... Not a problem with snakes. I, I don't mind any animal. Right. I just don't want them biting me, so I'll stay away. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's things like this. Instru- it's like a stat that something like eighteen of the most deadly snakes live in uh, Australia. Australia. Yeah. Well, that's that's bad. Then I'll not go there. Then that's well. This is it. Like like Elle, my wife, she'd like to go. Right, but. I think about this, right? In the sea, there's like stingrays. The jellyfish? Uh, sharks. Sharks. In the fresh water and in some salt water, there's crocodiles. Yes. There's snakes. There are trapdoor spiders. The spiders, yeah. And these are, all, these are all things that through millions of years of evolution have worked out how to hide from predators. Yeah. And they, we're definitely a predator. So I'm staying well away from Absolutely. shit like this. Last place I want to go on earth. That one good thing about England. Britain, yes, is that fuck all happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean we had that. You remember that scare of the false widow? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it like, was all over the front of the newspapers for a bit, weren't it? I all? mean, it was very Daily Mail, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but it was like it's a spider. It won't do out to you, um, but it looks a bit like a black widow, and everybody's going, ah, oh, you know, like. There are no spider 
no, there are no British spider deaths in this country. You know, it's like, there may have been, like, you always hear those things about kind of like the tarantula that came in a crate yeah, of, a bag of bananas. bananas or something yeah, like yeah. that. I, I would like to be the person who found that out. Here's an interesting story. A friend of mine worked in like a garden centre. Right. Ollie, Ollie if he's listening. And Ollie should get in touch if I've got any of this wrong. I think this is what happened. Right. He gets bitten by a spider and he sees the spider. But, and they, because they don't know, and he's bitten, he's like, you know, he's like, ah, what the fuck is that? And, you know, right. so because it's come from all of these exotic plants and stuff, they don't know what it is. So they uh, Tupperware box it or stuff like that. They catch it. Though. They catch it, put it into a Tupperware box, find somebody who might know what they're talking about. Right. The person, they eventually find somebody, what do we need to do with this particular type of spider bite? And they look at it, it was like, I ain't got a clue what that spider is. So what's the suggestion then? And here's the suggestion. See what happens. <laughs> we'll wait and see what happens and then we'll work out. And what did happen? Well, he's, I spoke to him just not so long back, so I think he's all right. All right. I mean, this, and also this happened a long time ago. But, right. So he's all right. But the well, point is, that we're all right. We can walk through the streets. We have already established there are no such things as ghosts. Yeah. As long as you don't pick up hitchhikers... Okay, you're safe in with this bushy country. beards. With bushy beards, there we are safe in this country. Yeah. Okay. Why on earth anybody would go abroad? I don't know. I ain't got a clue. But New, New Zealand's apparently quite safe, which is surprising when you think where it is. But apparently, but also the climate. There's only one dangerous creature there. There's one type of spider that's dangerous. No snakes at all. So I read. So it's the spider. Yeah. But who is the real monster? Well, is it is it the eight legged spider with the fangs and the poison? Or is it the businessman in his suit and tie? Well, it's a spider, isn't it? Yeah, with a spider. The story finishes, the opening scene, where a man is reading, pacing through his house and reading a book, and... Yeah, and this this guy is called Harry Pope, it seems. Now, I I didn't actually get his name, and I've written just down PJ Man all the way through. So if, if I do fall into calling him PJ that that's why uh, well I'd uh, I've written down Harry right um, and but we know him from something else don't we we, we, we do we do yeah o- only because uh, we are such aficionados I was thinking of that word oh, yeah, yeah. of this genre because he is in fact the fella who played the reporter who interviewed uh Royal Jelly Man, Timothy West, in the Royal Jelly. There we go. Uh, he's not got a massive part in this because he stays still through most of it. Yes, that okay. is true. That's not because he's dead. No, that's because he's. Well, we'll, 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 we'll come to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's. We establish because Dahl is doing a bit of narration over the top. Yeah. Now I've put here some sort of Indian teaching story. Ask Rob because I didn't get what was what on earth. Why? What's going on with with Harry? Harry's. Uh, reformed alcoholic and he's working over there in India and he's been asked by the um, people back presumably in London which jobs can be turned over to Indian staff over there and Harry says one word mine because Harry's wanting to go home hates India not keen at all he doesn't hate it's not because he's racist no although he has some racist undertones later, but he, he just doesn't want to be there yeah. and wants to go home. Right, okay. Now, I think we're getting a bit of wandering here. We're getting the walking. 
I mean, between rooms. Yeah. Well, yeah. So if this is a bit like a shortened version of the Royal Jelly Walk, where yeah, he walks yeah, around right, the house beginning. outside. Nice. Because he's wandering all over the place. What I will say, the difference between that and Royal Jelly was the camera angles. Now, it's a brilliant set that's been designed because... Have you ever seen any Dario Argento films, horror films? Don't think so. Okay, there he's uh, an Italian director. All his films are quite... Uh, say the special effects aren't brilliant, but also they were quite a long time ago. But he was more interested in the fact that camera angles are going to do the job and, like, you know, a little bit of scene setting rather right. than, you know, just a guy popping out. There are some guys popping out. There's eventually a dummy that comes alive in one of them. But there's... Um, in this, the set is like a, imagine a, a living room, a hallway, and then a bedroom. And the camera, not all the time, but sometimes just goes in a linear fashion between... Yeah, so it sort of pans through. Yeah, it's brilliant. But he's doing this little stroll and he ends up in the drinks cabinet yeah. and he just stares out a whiskey. Uh, and that's the point where he says, you know, he's been, he's been on the wagon for three weeks or something like that. Yeah. Now, then it cuts to... Uh, a guy called they call Timber yeah right and uh, that's his nickname and he seems to be playing some bizarre drinking game well I'd call it a weird flicking game (laughs) where you creep up to a bottle and and flick flick it it. and then you win somehow he is the winner of this game and And I tell you what I what I then wonder what has he won right let's just for the listeners describe this game he stood yeah uh, there's a bottle in the middle of a room on a table. Yeah, and he stood at the side. There's a, there's a few. There's a few. Few men. of them. Yeah, and, and one woman. A woman. Yes, yeah, she's but she's not looking at the game. She's just off looking away. But yeah, yeah she. Sorry, he sort of sneaks up on the. Yeah, he sort bottle. of he sort of crouches, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, sneaks up on it, so the bottle doesn't know he's there. There, there is no obstacle between him and the bottle at all. And then flicks. The top of it. They all cheer, and he's won. <laughs> and they're like, you know, he's won summer. He just wins. Maybe that's why this fellow's so fed up with India. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's your entertainment of an evening, you know. However, when you... It's definitely not in, like, the cities. This is in the... Sticks. Yeah, it's because there's you have to drive to get everywhere, and it doesn't matter how much you've been drinking and stuff like that. It's And where they live, there's huts... And it's that sort of thing, but it's. It, am I right in saying this? This is colonial. Yeah. So it's expats yeah. or stuff like that, or, or workers, British workers. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's in the last days of the the British rule, I guess. Well, let's. Uh, yeah, it just says it's set during the time of British rule. So yeah. yeah um. So anyway, anyway, the the point is they've got this weird flicking game and. Uh, Timber wins and then because he's like now the man who's won the flicking game he's, he basically decides he's going to drive home with this woman well you see this is what I wonder because what she then says to him well firstly she says why do they call you Timber so she so she hasn't asked this before no no does she know him does she even know him she she must not know him because he's called Woods. I mean, it wouldn't take a genius to work that out. Yeah. Also, they're all living out there. So I, I can't work that And then she says, I'm glad you won. Yeah. Now I'm thinking... Was, was she the prize? Was she the prize yeah. of the bizarre flicking game? Well, I mean, it, anything's plausible with the flicking game, as far as <laughs> I can see. that Anything's allowed to happen. 
with the flicking game. Um, so anyway, she, they leave together. They get in the car and they're driving home. And at this point, she, um, they talk. They refer to the fact that they're going back to Harry's house. Yeah, which is obviously where Timber lives. Yeah, as well. And she says that. Uh, uh, no, he says that he'll be asleep. He'll be fast asleep. Right. And then, so you're thinking, ah, right, okay, so he's going back for a little bit of how's your father. Yeah. And then she mentions something about, uh, well, she uses a word. What was the, uh, the fact that, um, uh, I might have to stop recording here because I can't remember the word, but we basically get the idea that, oh, she's going back there because she wants, she shouldn't be going back there. No, because she's, she's married. Which we only find out later, however... We now get this idea that, oh, right, so she's going back with Timber. Who she doesn't know. She doesn't know, for sex. And Harry's going to be awake. Harry's going to be there. But he's likely to be asleep. Like, right. They get back there. Now, uh, on the journey back there, sorry, I should say, um, a, a crite, which is spelt... K-R-A-I-T. Uh, as as Roald tells us. Yeah, it's it's the snake has walked into scene. Yeah. At, or slithered? Slithered. Yeah, yeah, slithered into scene. And gets into the bed of Harry, now, I who's would say, now in bed. I would say, though, at this point, that Roald has started this story telling us about a six-foot black mamba. Yeah. When he then tells us... About the crime. Well, well, he describes it, doesn't he? So, and he says it's tiny, like a twig. This isn't a twig, uh, nor is it tiny. This thing. Nor is it. Nor does it look like a tiny twig. It's. It must be three foot long, mustn't it? I'm looking at a picture of some crates now. Crate now. Right. They just look like snakes. Right. I mean, it's like a stick insect looks like a stick or a twig, but that looks like a snake. But that thing. Does not sound like what Roald described. No, it? it's not. No, it's definitely not. I don't, I don't know about snakes. You're not an expert on snakes, <laughs> are you? No. But it seems to me a bit of miscasting there. I don't. There was no need to call it a twig, right? <laughs> now then, when, when again, these the two Timber and the girl are still on the road. Yeah. Okay. They, Sandra. Sandra. Right. Hmm? So, he's Harry's in bed, and the snake is crawling in bed, and he, and he. He doesn't notice it at first, yeah. but then he realises that he's obviously got some pressure on his chest, or no, on his stomach area, and the sheets are moving, yeah. so he just gives it a little peek, and it says, Willie! But it wasn't, it was the snake's head, and he puts, he carefully puts the sheets down, and he's like, fuck. He's getting a bit of a dab on by now. Oh, God, I mean, well, they've got a neck curtain around this thing, haven't they, for yeah. mozzies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he hadn't tucked it under, so this thing's... Got in through a loophole in the, or a loop in the, a hole, just yeah, a hole, just a hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the neck curtain. Now, uh, he rests there, and then them two come back, but they're being secretive. They're being really, really secretive. Because she's disappointed because she notices that the lights, yeah. the lights on, and he says, "Well, he's a bookworm. You see, he'll be up all night reading. Don't worry about it. But when we get in, we'll be secretive." So they don't make any noise and they're having a bit of a snog. And then they hear, Timber! <laughs> but it's not like that, is it? It's a, timber! 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 
And he goes, what? What's that? Timber. And he goes He's about to very northern yeah. accent. Yeah. Timber. 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 Uh, he goes into the room and... Oh, he's sweating like mad. And he goes, great. And the, instantly, Timber knows what that means. In fact... The woman's there as well, isn't she? She's in the same room at the time, and they both realise what it means. Yeah. Crite is a poisonous snake. Yeah, yeah. Right, poison. There we go. Okay, so, now, uh, he says, don't wear shoes. Take your shoes off. He seems very insistent in the, yeah. in the shoes. Shoes, so I thought shoes were going to play a bigger part. They don't, but I'd have thought, if there's, like, shit on the ground, like a snake maybe under the bed, that why would you not wear shoes? Well, I was thinking... Vibration, maybe. Yeah, but even then, a plodding foot is sometimes worse than a soft-soled sandal. <laughs> I don't know that, why sounds, that sounds like a proverb, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah. yeah, but I also went into advert mode. Do you often find that the plodding foot is sometimes worse than a soft-soled sandal? New from JML, the soft soul sandal. Plod around the room without making any noise and don't upset those snakes. <laughs> now then, but the thing is, they realise the danger and now they leave the room and now they're trying to work out what to do next. Yeah. So there's a few suggestions. And they get a lot of ice. Get, this is the problem I have. They're acting weird. First of all, they decide to make themselves a drink. Okay, but then he's discussing calling the doctor. She says, no, you can't call the doctor because he... He'll because, tell my husband. And that's the first time we know that she's definitely up to no good. Yeah. Right, okay, so... But he goes, I'm going to... You know, he eventually says, I'm going to have to call the doctor. I, I don't know what else to do. So they work out that what's going to happen is they're going to call the doctor and she's going to hide in one of the rooms whilst the doctor sees to the... The, the patient. Now, I was wondering if the doctor is the best person to call here because nobody's actually been injured at this time, right? You've got some sort of snake situation. You'd have a snake expert, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? The, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't know about this either. <laughs> but I would have thought there would be like some snake service that you could call. Yeah. I think they have. Like in Australia, they have clinics. Maybe pharmacies where they they have like antidotes yeah. for different types of things, so that they can just you know as soon as somebody's been bitten, they just bring that antidote out and stuff. Well, this doctor comes with without. Well, has he arrived yet? Um, well, oh, well, yeah. Well, he's not arrived yet, but they've decided that's what they're going to do. But he doesn't. He doesn't arrive with anything other than his knowledge, really, does he? That's yeah. But I mean, by this time, Sandra's. Keeping drinking. She was. Well, she spilt a bit of drink, and then and she oh, she's like, oh, look at me, I'm such a mess. This is a fucking guy in there with a snake on his ass. <laughs> uh, but she, now she's she's actually sort of crazy. Yeah, like she's a, just a weirdo. Um, she's panicking about being seen. Isn't yeah, she that's well? that, so. Yeah, her anxiety is up. Well, the doctor comes. He's a lovely doctor, and I I think he's been in um, some British stuff since. He look. He's got one of them familiar faces that you would probably have said. We need an Indian actor. Get him in. Yeah, he's called Saeed Jeffrey. Yeah, let's just... Well, he's, and, uh, he's an OBE. He's got an OBE. He has indeed, yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, he yeah. died not so long back, 2015, look. Oh, so um, he did, yeah. Age yeah. 85, yeah. 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 
So he's had uh, six decades of career, 150 British-American Indian movies. There you go. So we will have seen, you, you, every one of us will have seen him or something like that. Is there anything on looking at that that uh, uh, list there that we may have may have seen? Um, My Beautiful Laundrette. Yeah, well, that's a, a famous film, isn't it? Yeah, There's, The Man Who Would Be King. Um, no, I've not seen that one. Um, but yeah, anyway, so he's, he's he's that guy. But he is lovely, and he's a very good actor in this as well. He goes across to see Harry, who's still as a twig, yeah. and he's lift, and he goes to lift the net, and they say, no, 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 don't lift the net because it's, it's of movement. Yeah, it's dark in there. He says yeah. we don't want to frighten it. I, I tell you what, I was, I've just been doing some work at the theatre. Oh. Uh, me, yeah, me and Charlie, we're in um, an opera. It's still going on, but when this is broadcast, it'll have finished by that stage. But it's called Aida. Oh, right. It's in Egypt. Yeah. And I had to wear these. I was a soldier. Everybody sings in it, apart from me and the other kind of extras and stuff. Which, and I'm on stage for some of the bits where they're singing. And there's uh, a, a part where I'm stood at the back. And there's these two guys stood in front of me. And then start, like, launching into proper opera song. I mean, it's really impressive. There's no microphones or anything like that. It's amazing. This was at Bradford and uh, doing Liverpool, Oxford, places like that. So, so is Charlie going on tour? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we've both been doing it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and so, uh, which is great. But, uh, what, what's your costume like? I'm, well, I'm, you know, I'm imagining it's one of those with the chest out and all that sort of no, thing. No, no. No, it's, uh, it's very... It's like a nativity play sort of costume. I mean, it's I've got like a headdress thing on. Right. I'm an Egyptian soldier. Can you imagine this? Yeah, well, that's why I was thinking sort of like... Not just... in the films. Forget the films. Right, right. Like a proper soldier. Right. You know, so I've got like a cloth on. That's what's reminded me of this. Right. Okay, so um, anyway, I'm, I'm stood there and they start singing. And I... All I'm doing is concentrating on not looking at anybody in particular in the crowd. But what I do know in the back of my head is they're only going to be concentrating on the guys who are singing. Yeah. They know that, right? Yeah. So they won't be looking at me, but, you know, bearded soldier would be a, a, a big turn, and I understand that. And however, so I just think, wouldn't it be great if I started miming along to the words? And so I started lip-syncing <laughs> to... I don't know the tune or anything like that, but... You know, doing the air, kind of opening my mouth at the loud bits and stuff, and I just thought, now people think I'm part of this. The problem is there are three other soldiers in this scene that aren't singing, so it looks like I'm the only one. And the back, so you'd be credited as main singing main soldier. Singing, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've got my costume on, and it's so hot, like it's super, super hot. Uh, and you've got to like take your trousers off and not your pants. You can leave them on in your t-shirt and stuff like that. It's boiling hot. But you just can't move. It's like no movement. It's like... D -d -d -d. No, for how long? Uh, well, there's a bit that... There's a bit I'm on stage for about ten minutes just stood still. Oh, like you can feel the blood like sinking into your fingertips and stuff like that. It's horrible. <laughs> and then there's a bit where I'm walking across stage with an elephant tusk. It's not real. It's, it's definitely not real. Yeah. Um... Um, Charlie plays a slave in it as well, and but yeah, our costumes are kind of like you—you, you, uh, they're uh, like cloth sort of things, you know, like oh, right, drape overs. Right. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. It's good fun. It's good fun. Um, I, and I, forget, I think it was just the movement thing there that reminded me of that story when I was on stage. And, and the heat. And the and the heat and the, as well. Sweating yeah. under the cloth, which is what's happening to Harry now. Indeed. He's, he's sweating like crazy. Can't move. 
that's that's our situation. The, and the doctor then says he gives him a serum, and he says it'll be all right if he's bitten now, but he needs some time for it to work. So yes. I'm, so at this point, I'm thinking, oh, that's the end of the tension, really. Then because yeah. you know what can that's, what can go wrong that's here. Right, yeah. But what they're going to do is they've got to remove this snake. So they're going to try and sedate it. Well, it turns out, because the Doctor goes off with Tiger Woods and tells him serum may not help at all. Yes, he does say that. But so they've been telling Harry yeah, that he'll to, be all right, yeah. probably to try and calm him down. Yeah, when they're in the hallway, isn't it? Yeah. What they're going to need to do is have a little, a little rope noose and put it over the the neck of the snake and then hang it. But you can't do that with the snake, can you? Because it'll just slip through the noose. So what they decide to do is death by lethal injection. And they go, no, because it might startle it. But what they do decide is chloroform will work pretty much straight away. And they're going to knock the bugger out. They do. Right. The the noose neck thing wasn't one of the options, by the way. That was my I, I thought I'd missed that. I thought I must have been writing something down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so that's what they're going to do now then they, they decide to make like, uh, it's like a little I love I love arts and crafts things where you, do, make, you make, have to make something the only bit that was missing from here was the 18 music <laughs> you know where they put in a little those pipe and in fact Tiger Woods he gets his Timber gets his uh, a little bit of paper oh, and, and tries to make a yeah, funnel with but, it, but he shit it and <laughs> screws it up. But it's like it's it's in the it's like a close up of it, isn't it? Yeah. Is, I've got the funnel. No, it's shit. <laughs> Start a new one. Well, in a few minutes later, he's got a funnel ready. Doctor says, "I'm going to pour this hose pipe underneath the blankets." The vapour from the chloroform is going to be poured down into the funnel, through the hosepipe, onto the chest of Harry Hooley, yeah. and then it's going to knock the snake out. Right, they, they do that, and then they wait three minutes. Well, what he says, the doctor, he says to Tiger Woods, to Timber, he says, you'll have to hold it, because I'll need both hands. And he doesn't use both hands. Does he? Not at all, no. does he? He's he uses one hand, and the other hand is there... Waving about. Waving about, flapping. Now then... In the meantime, Sandra's so, so, still creeping all yeah, around the house. She doesn't know what to do. But at this, when they say, that's three minutes, Doctor, right? They say, right, any moment now we'll, we'll go... So in the background, what you see is Sandra picking up some car keys, yeah. going out to the cars, getting into a car, and, and then driving, driving she's gone. Right, now then... Uh, when on the keys it says J. Yes. Now, I don't remember if we were ever introduced to the doctor's name, but he, they call him Calcutta, and I think that might be because of where he's from rather than... Yeah, well, according to the listing, he's called Dr. Kunju Gandabai. Right, no J's. No J's. Right, no. so this J thing is... It, it, it's irrespective, isn't it? It's, there's no... Yeah, but it's there. For, it's there, but I don't know why. Yeah. Anyway, so what, so that's, she's, she's driven up. Now we don't know. To be we fair, we don't know whose car yes. this is. But that, those key, that initial might have given her a clue. Yeah, it's definitely not a T. And for Timber, yeah. or W for Woods, or Alan Woods. I forget what his first name is. Uh, well, I don't Stephen we, Woods. I don't think we know. Yeah. Anyway, um, so they come to the reveal of the snake and it's a, it's a big reveal they, un, they untuck the um, yeah. mosquito net that's right 
lift it up. Yeah. Popped it on top. Then draw back the thing. Now this isn't a drawback like if it was a Simon Cowell production, then it would have gone on into the next episode. <laughs> if it was like an Ant and Deck on the jungle one, then it would have been a series of like cutbacks to all the different people that are in it for the next thirty minutes and Do you know it's one of those things that increasingly irritates me. Oh the wait time. Yeah. Oh, God, just get on with it. Yeah. What's it for, really? What is it for? I mean, there is no tension. Because you know one of them. It's not as if it's like, is somebody going to go? <laughs> oh, well, we're, but who is kind of like, just get on with it. Well, we've accepted this fate. Yeah. Get on with it. Anyway, but yeah, they draw this thing back and. There's nothing there. No, other than the body of. Harry Pope. Which is still who's alive. alive. Which is still alive. Yes. Yes, who's alive. So, then, he goes, well, where is it then? It might, oh, Christ, it might be under you. I don't know why I'm doing in, that voice. In his pyjamas. It might be in your pyjamas. So, again, a bit of a reveal. No, it's not there. Now, he calls it a miracle. At one point, he says it's a miracle. He doesn't know where it's gone. And in my mind, he's sort of scooting all around the bed yeah. with his arse in the air, yeah, look, look, arse, looking for the, it. The arse in the air was the image that stayed with me. <laughs> there was no need for him to be so childish about looking for it. No. And, then, and I'd have been a lot more careful. Yes, Because me too. you don't know where it's gone. Yeah, it could have been... Under the pillow. In his bum. <laughs> yeah, so what happens now is that Timber and the Doctor start doubting whether this was a... They're a bit sceptical, aren't they? At which point he then <laughs> he then uh, starts to, uh, Harry this is starts to get a bit racist with the doctor like for no apparent <laughs> reason whatsoever. Yeah, he's, this guy has come out in the middle of the night he's be, to try and help him. He's gone to all sorts of extreme lengths, fashioning a funnel out of paper. Yeah, he, and, and then he uh, strangles the doctor. <laughs> he's racist and strangles the doctor. It's as though. It's not enough that he's being... <laughs> he's got to really go over the top with it. Well, he then... Now, in the meantime, we've got a little, a few cutbacks to the girl who's driving as well. She checks the time and stuff. She's obviously got to get back for her husband. And yeah, yeah, Sandra. She's, she's, yeah. she's driving away. Yeah. yeah. So then, now, after this dispute with the, with the patient, Harry, the doctor and... Oh, yeah, by the way... Timber knows where the car is because he realises that Sandra's driven away with it. So yeah. there's two cars on the road and I think the leading suggestion is that the snake has ended up in one of those two cars. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that, that they were going to pass a, careered, a car that's careered off the side of the road or something like that and it would have been her dead body. And Because otherwise, if that weren't to happen... What part has Sandra played? She hasn't. She's been an irritant all the way through. With... And not really moved the story on in, in, in any way, has she's she? She's hindered the story. <laughs> she's been a nuisance. Cr- completely crazy. Now, that might be where the actual interesting twisty bit is, that you actually you think you're going in one direction. Then they introduce the idea, no, 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 that wasn't the direction... The snake is in one of the cars, but which car? Yeah. And then no, because what happens next is Harry goes to the drinks cabinet to console himself and he's like, just one for the shock. And he's been three weeks on the wagon. This is big deal for him. Picks up the vodka 
and he's he has a sniff. Oh, sweet mother of vodka! I need to drink this. Just one, and he agrees. That's what he's going to do, and he reaches in for the shot glass, and we see the snake. Right now, then, <laughs> the next thing that happens is it sort of it must because we don't see it actually do this, no. but it must leap like a spring. <laughs> And, and coil around his yeah, wrist. Coil around his wrist, where he's now st- holding it away from his face at arm's length, staggering all over the place, knocking down the fan and all the <laughs> shit. And then he ends up in the hallway, and he's obviously been bitten there. Yeah. And then he and then he falls and collapses and dies. Oh, we presume dies, but he's you know he must be. The toxins are starting to. And, you know, we can tell it's serious because there is the synth music. <laughs> Again, while, whilst this attack is happening. The rock and roll bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So he, he sits there and then the, the synth music is now replaced by clang, clang, clang of the inimitable, that tells the unexpected theme tune. And, you know, what I would say about the original story for this one, which was apparently published in 1950, is this ends without him being bitten by the snake. So what does end? Or how does it end, I should say? Well, it all goes along pretty similarly. Um, similarly? Similarly. <laughs> with uh, him laying out multiple racial slurs at the doctor. <laughs> the doctor walks out of the room. Timber thanks him for doing such a nice job. And the doctor says, the only thing Harry needs is a good vacation. <laughs> <laughs> And that's that's the that's end of poison. the original story. That's poison. Yeah. You, the, all of these original stories are ah, summer happened. <laughs> <laughs> summer happened, and then they picked them up as if we, we need a twist. <laughs> Dahl goes through his. Is it Roald Dahl? It is. Yeah. 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 Dahl goes through his story cabinet and goes here. Here's a story where summer happens. <laughs> Can we do something with the ending? <laughs> because <laughs> and on its own, it doesn't stand as a story. Even well, no, that's that's what. Why would you write them? The sort of the things that you might like, you know, when you're at school and you've got to write something before break time. Yeah. It, it's that sort of thing. <laughs> but then, fortunately, in order to sort of save himself, he's gone back twenty years later and, and actually written a bit of a, a sting on the end. <laughs> Well, that's how it ends then. So, um, well, the the cool thing was this was a real snake, I guess. We but we don't know. I've been trying this the actual Carcharodon carcarius, which is not uh-huh. because that would be a great white shark. But this, <laughs> but this snake, the it seems to have more like a a bullet head, right. like a chisel head, yeah, right. Which this one wasn't in the movie, so I in the film, sorry. So I think that you know they've they could have gone a little bit more real. It's going to be it'll be some sort of constrictor, won't it? Because they don't buy it. Yeah, and this one here is like a wrapper rounder as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's rubber. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah, but anyway, it was uh, we've got a. I, I actually enjoyed it, and we also commented again the speed of it that this felt like it's a, a quick twenty-four minutes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, uh, right. That's that's where that story ends. Now, we have got another story next week uh, in a fortnight's time, which is uh, stars a lady who used to be in the Blackadders. Oh, the um, I think she played Bernard. Her. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Is that Miriam Margot? Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, 
Oh, oh, what do you call him? Jeffrey Bailden. Cat Weasel. Oh, yes, of course, Cat Weasel. Yeah. So this one, if you look through the, the next one, it's called Fat Chance. It would be series two. Um, and it's episode 15 in total, not not of series two. But the, there's a massive cast list on this. Katie, Peter, Nigel, Carol, uh, Jeffrey, John, Sheila, Miriam, Anthony, Mike, Jean. And what we've noticed in a lot of these epi- episodes of Tales of Expected is that it's usually centred around two or three people. Yeah. This yeah. one has got quite a big old uh, cast list there. It's even gone into two lines on Wikipedia. Mike playing uh, Man in Audience. Of course uh, he is. Of course he is. Uh, why yeah. he would be credited as such Man remains to be seen. Listen, I was credited with soldier at back of stage with, with lip-syncing <laughs> ability. We will see you for, for Fat Chance next in time. In a fortnight's time. In a fortnight. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.